Welcome to the Live Well, Be Well podcast. Our goal is to address the trials and triumphs of daily life and always being better in all aspects of your life by looking forward to new challenges, but by being present today. We hope you gain inspiration to live better, be better, and learn small habits that you can incorporate into your daily life to accomplish your goals. Let's get started. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks. Uh, welcome back to the Live Well, Be Well podcast. My name is John Wiesahan III. I'm the CEO of Direct CBD Online. And today I have the distinct pleasure of bringing on Guy and Adam from Papa and Barkley Essentials. They are a premium brand that we offer on our platform. We do a lot of really cool things with their people. Katie, we deal with Katie. Katie's great. But, you know, if you if you guys don't mind, um, you know, first of all, I want to tell our listeners, we are doing this. We are in the midst of COVID, COVID-19. It is, is October of 2020, for those of you listening three years from now. And we are doing this via Zoom. So if there's uh, some technical delays, just bear with us. They will be worked through. And uh, hopefully you guys learn a lot about Papa and Barkley. And you can always, of course, find their brand on directcbdonline.com. I'll start with Adam. Adam, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself um, and kind of the, the steps you took when you first launched the brand back in, I believe, 2015, if I'm not mistaken, and tell us kind of how the brand came about and, and how, you, uh, how you started it, first and foremost. First of all, thanks for having us on today, John. It's great to be here. Of course. Well, my background uh, is entrepreneurial, um, and, and uh, so I, I've started up a few different businesses and focused on the operations side of things. And um, so back in 2014, really, we started looking at the cannabis business with my longtime business partner and uh, another friend that, that was interested in the space uh, around, you know, investing in early stage companies and doing what I had done throughout my career is sort of put in smart money capital and operating expertise to help early stage companies grow. And so I was having those conversations, but at the same time was traveling back and forth to, to Boston from New York where I was living and having those conversations to help take care of my parents who were living uh, in, in the house that I grew up in, in Boston, outside of Boston. And um, so it was a personal experience that really caused the company to, to form. And so what happened was I was, uh, my parents were elderly and needed help. My mom had Alzheimer's and then my dad developed a back condition that left him in terrible pain and bedridden and oh. we couldn't get him and didn't know what to do, put him in the hospital and he just got worse. He got put on hospice and none of the medications were working. And uh, so when we called in the pain specialist, they said if he didn't get out of bed the next week or 10 days that he probably wouldn't. And, and so I was desperate and got a, a call from a friend in California who had been in the dispensary and was talking about the bombs that she saw in the dispensary. And, and her suggestion went on uh, YouTube that night and looked at, at formulas for um, just recipes, old school recipes to make the pain bomb and called up a high school friend and got a couple of ounces of the best weed I could get and borrowed a crock pot from the neighbor and synthesized a couple of the YouTube videos to make my own formula and put in. You know, that's, that's pretty good. It's funny when you're under pressure, what you can do, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it mixed up my first batch of this uh, pain bomb, which the next day I melted in the beeswax and the other ingredients and put on my father's back and I could get him out of bed. Wow. So he responded to it um, amazingly. And uh, so I kept applying it over time. He, long story short, he got better. He actually got off hospice, lived almost another two years. Wow. 
That's incredible. It was an incredibly empowering experience for the two of us and really opened my eyes to the incredible uh, medicinal potential of, of cannabis. And so started giving away samples of, of the bomb to friends and family that influenced sort of the way we were looking at the market and looking at topicals companies and the potential there. And then my path through a guy that I, I hired to help with some branding uh, met Guy. And so Guy's background, he was sort of the, the perfect partner to, to form the business with because his background, as you'll hear from him, is as what I would call an artist with the plant. So expert grower and extractor of oils and then had helped a business launch in, in Colorado back uh, in 2014 uh, and had navigated the regulatory environment and built their manufacturing facility and, and so had sort of the perfect skill set pulled it together. We merged what was happening in New York with, with um, you know, what we wanted to do in California, created this operating platform and launched with the bomb as our first product in June of 2016. Which is your number one product still, I'm sure, right? It, yeah. it, that's yeah. our hero product. And I think, uh, uh, yeah, certainly uh, one of our best sellers, if not the, and uh, yeah, we launched the business out of uh, a house that Guy had um, with the grow in the basement that we, you know, was our, our source of biomass and he's lab off the kitchen and 20 crock pots in the house when we first launched. So yeah, we, we launched in June of 2016. Um, and, and, uh, with the bombs, our first product by the end of the summer had patches in market and, um, you know, kind of been doing our thing ever since. That's great. That's awesome. So, okay. Thank you for that backstory. We're going to dig more into that here in just a minute, but, uh, Geet, okay. So tell me a little bit about, your background and I, we learned a little bit about how you guys met, right? But before that, were you always kind of in this cultivation world? Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So uh, my name is Guy Rocourt and uh, pronounced Guy. My parents are Haitian, so I'm a first generation immigrant. I'm first generation American. My parents were immigrants from Haiti, um, hence the name. Look, yeah, I started in cannabis. I was in entertainment in New York. I, uh, you know, always had like cannabis in my life, but you know just recreationally. Um, it wasn't until I met uh, Montel Williams, a talk show host on a movie. I was uh, in, in filmmaking at the time and he was doing a movie and he had MS and he was using cannabis. And I started to see it from that medical guys. We started advocating together. Eventually I came out to California, you know, uh, 1999, 1998. Uh, and of course saw what was going on here with the first medical propositions, started to get involved more from the advocacy way. And then by like 2000, 2001, I started to small grow, and I like to say that two lights became four lights, became eight lights. And before you know it, it was a thing. And, you know, I thought that the people had spoken and any year, any day it would happen. And it wasn't until, as Adam said, 2011, 2012, that, you know, I got a call from some folks uh, that wanted to put something together. And I was like, well, California, I'm frustrated. It's been over a decade and nothing has happened and we can't seem to get legislation to move, even though the will of the people is here. At this point, there's hundreds not thousands of dispensaries in California, yet there's no legislation, but these great things are happening in Colorado. So I did get the opportunity to partner with some folks, raise some money, go out to Colorado and start up a vape pen business. So now I'm formally extracting, we're doing light hydrocarbon extraction, you know, we're living the dream of legal cannabis at that point. Okay, so so real quick on that point, back because I remember walking some grow farm indoor grow farms and things in California in California back in those days when vape was really kind of up and coming was those were the days where you would walk an indoor grow farm in a warehouse and there were 25 10 foot tall safes lining a wall full of cash right because yeah. because you couldn't bank anywhere so and that hasn't changed by the way so folks should know that fascinating you know while we're 
Yeah, while we're the, one of the biggest threats to arguably the nation and definitely folks that are in this business is the amount of cash that is out of circulation because of cannabis. We're a real business and we're not being taken seriously. And one of the results is hundreds, if millions of dollars in cash. Our company alone has had to deal with cash. We still have, I don't know how I say this, a cash problem. <laughs> if you That's a good problem to have, Guy. Yeah, it, it, well, it, mostly it's a security risk, right? We live no, in a world sure. where m- money is moved ACH. You never really see large amounts of money like that. And whenever there's large amounts of money, it presents a security risk. And of it's course. a risk that us and our employees shouldn't have to take. Right, you know? right, and, right. So if, if there was anything, if the feds were listening now, which they are, um, if, they, if, they, if, they, if they were listening now, I would say, please let us bank. Like, you know, let's just bank so that at least let's just take that security risk off the table. We'll figure out even the taxing part, which is onerous, just being able to bank and take ACH, having dispensaries take credit cards instead of knowing that everybody that walks into a dispensary has cash and therefore the dispensary has cash, all security risks that we don't need to do. That being said, you know, getting back to the origin story, when I met Adam, I'm in the California Wild Wild West, but I have this compliant thing going on in Colorado. And of course, you know, I'm very much into the flowers and the extracts and I see the bomb and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. We look at some bombs in the marketplace. My first thought is, well, I'm already doing these awesome extracts. Let's put this extract in it. It'll be easier to manufacture. Well, immediately on doing that, we realize it's not the same bomb. Two things I notice is one, the bomb that Adam had created, we had sent out for testing. Shout out to SC Labs. has been in the game forever. We send it out to SC Labs. I get back a result that's like, wow, this is way more potent than what I'm seeing in dispensaries. The products in dispensaries are in a way afterthought. And I start to realize that, wait, these topicals may not be effective because they don't have enough potency. And that's why there is no real wellness section in the dispensary. Secondly, when we do it potent, but with just using an extract, it's not the same. It just really isn't. Our bomb has a pretty quick rapid like people use it and they're like oh my god that's amazing yeah and yeah, we weren't yeah. getting that pop so that's when we went back to the crock pots that adam was talking about our direct lipid infusion is a result of the origin story but it's also like a happy scientific thing where we realize oh when it comes to topicals and even tinctures having some of that green matter some of those other things having the full entourage effect of all the terpenes all the cannabinoids by essentially soaking the plant and getting all of that to be infused in the coconut oil, that makes for a special topical. That, that crosses all of our product lines. So everything that we do, as Guy was mentioning, is, is, is full, full spectrum or whole plant. Yeah, I was going to go back to the basics for our listeners because there's broad spectrum out there now, there's isolate out there, and there's, there's full spectrum. Full spectrum obviously has, in my opinion, the most – I'm not a full spectrum user, but it definitely has the most, most efficacious – application to the body, no matter if it's a balm, a tincture or whatnot, you know, versus broad and isolate, right? Yeah. So the, the way, the way I like to think of it is whole plant literally has green matter in it, right? It's the okay. whole plant, not necessarily stalks and stems which people want to go. And we know that there's not a lot of cannabinoids in the fan leaves, but there is chlorophyll. There are plant fats, there are the phytonutrients in that. And for topicals and tinctures, it's an amazing thing to have in there. So we really lean into that. So that's what I call whole plant. You know, full spectrum, I think there are two versions of full spectrum. And that's why I think full spectrum and broad spectrum, the subtle difference there is full spectrum suggests terpenes and cannabinoids were taken out in one process, like, like, like hydrocarbon. Whereas broad spectrum, I believe, is when you recombine them, meaning you still have everything in there, but you re-added it, whether it was non-cannabis terpenes or whether those cannabis terpenes were had to be captured 
uh, through a cold trap or some other way, depending on your extraction methodology, and you have to reconstitute them so that they look like the plant. That's what I would consider broad spectrum. Then, of course, you have uh, distillate, which is about 90 to 95% pure, which may have some other stuff. And then isolate is more like 99% pure, 98 to 90 to 100% pure, hence isolate single API yeah. compound. Um, and as we get closer to the API, it becomes more like pharma. And we, while it's funny, the efficacy part from a milligram perspective is not there and those milligrams are unbuffered and we're still working that out. It's so awesome that scientists with bigger heads than mine are starting to get their head around cannabis and how cannabinoids work. Most importantly, how the ECS regulates all these other autoimmune diseases that we know cannabis is great for. It's fascinating. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent real quick. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I'm curious. There's a lot of buzz in the CBD industry right now around Delta 8. If I said, what is Delta 8, Gee, What is your product definition of that? Is it real? Is it not? Is it here to stay? Is it not? You know, what, what is Delta 8? So Delta 8 is a a minor cannabinoid that is not naturally occurring. I think that's the best way to understand it. And so when you think about THC, when it comes off of the plant or cannabinoids, when they come off the plant, they're in their acid chain form. They have an extra carbon atom making them CBDA or THCA. Okay. They naturally want to dry and oxidize to CBD or Delta nine THC. Delta nine THC can be further refined and have another carbon carbon molecule pulled off of it and give you THC eight or THC V. Some of these awesome new cannabinoids are coming out and they're awesome, but they do require refining. So for our company, they're not immediately in the product roadmap because we are choosing not to artificially refine using alcohol in a short path distillation machine. But they do exist and there is evidence with the THCV around weight loss and the THCA around, uh, I guess, a more mellow psychoactive state. Is it is it synthetic in nature? No, or? because... No, it, it has to come from, from – it is naturally derived. Okay. It's just made in the lab. Like it wouldn't – like there's no way to find okay. a plant that has a bunch of THCV or THCA. But it, I don't want people to get it confused with syn- synthetic cannabinoids, which have a lot of hair on them, right? So isol- So it's kind of like isolate, right? Yeah, it is. yeah that's right. As you're in the, in the isolation process, you can tune your – whether you're using thin white – I think you can only do it using short path distillation. You can tune using heat to drive different compounds. Understood. Okay, that's super helpful. So thank you. So I don't again don't want to spend too much time on it. You guys and Adam, this is a testament of of your story. You're clearly a mission driven company, right? And talk to us about what your underlying mission and focus and and how you make decisions based on driving that mission forward. Our mission is to unlock the power of cannabis to improve people's lives. You know, we've formalized the mission in a few different ways. We run the company based around this management system that is based on a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. Okay. Um, and, and, it, and part of the process, which we did at the outset of the business, was an exercise to fully articulate the mission, the 10-year goal of the company. Ours is to be a, a global brand recognized as best in class and then what our core values are. And, and we have those up here. I'm, I'm up in Eureka where all of our uh, production and manufacturing takes place and where we source all of our sun-grown cannabis from the farmers in, in Humboldt County. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so up in the in the wall in Eureka at our manufacturing facility are our core values. And so, you know, it, it's sort of part of the way we're structured as a company is that we, you know, we're members of the community here. And, and because of our value proposition, which sort of the, the core of which starts with non-psychoactive pain products, it's kind of hard to argue with a, a pain bomb that helps your grandma yeah. you know, with her cans and so we feel really privileged to kind of inhabit that position in in the marketplace and what we're known for at our core we have make other wonderful products um but that's really what we're known for and and so you know we're able to sort of have that first conversation um in terms of the values and how that reflects like quality first is our our initial and i think that's reflected in the number of cannabinoids we were talking about earlier like the potency that you need for the topicals and the reason why that we have such a commanding position in the topicals market. I think it's yeah. you know, we're great marketers. It's because our products really work better. It works. Right. Exactly. This like the notion that we've been talking about, which is it's plant medicine. So we're just trying to take the best flowers that are grown sustainably in the hills in amazingly beautiful Humboldt County and then process without any chemicals or solvents, preserving the full chemical profile, all the plant fats, phytonutrients, over 100 cannabinoids. And then have a, a potent, clean product that we'd want to put on or in our own bodies. And so that's really where we came from. And I think that that, you know, when you look at the products that we make, all, all of them share that profile about chemical-free processes, full spectrum, sort of, you know, respecting the plant from and the earth from the time of the and the way that it's grown all the way through we, where we process it and then putting out the best quality products that we can. No, oh, that's great. Okay, so how does that mission tie into Eureka, California. And how did you get involved in Eureka? It sounds like it's a pretty important part of your company and the culture in general. How does the mission tie into Eureka and how did Eureka come about? Well, I'll take the front half and then I'll hand it back to Guy because he will want to give color. But, you know, we ended up in Eureka because originally, um, I mean, I came here before any of the, the cannabis stuff was happening because my favorite cousin moved up here. And so I came up when she got married and had her kids. And through that relationship, we had some initial contacts up here in, in Eureka, sort of because my family here are members of the community and had a great reputation. We came in with our mission. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's about you know, my father's pictures on the box and we're That's trying so to cool. be an example of what cannabis company can be. And after all the years of advocacy that he can speak to, from you know the, the the epicenter of cannabis culture, right? Uh, Eureka is the county seat of Humboldt County, and Humboldt County is is you know is is the heart of it all. So we, we view that with, with you know respect and and uh, as members of the community, and so we've tried to reflect that in how we do you know cleanups. We're one of the largest uh, manufacturing employers. We have good relations with the city. We to, um, you know, we give coconut oil to the zoo and we work with the local farmers and, and want to support them in their mission, which is... That's awesome. How many employees do you guys have up there in Eureka? In Eureka right now, we're about 90, I think. Wow. And we're about 140 total in the state. Um, but most of our manufacturing workforce is here. And, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd add some color around Eureka. When Adam first told me about... Uh, you know, his cousin, I was like, oh, Eureka, you know, it's amazing. And even though I was an indoor grower in uh, LA, I was very aware how sun grown would come, especially right now we're in harvest season. So what we call the full term, 
would come down and just disrupt the market. But I was, of course, aware of the power of Humboldt and what we call the Emerald Triangle, which is Mendocino, Trinity, and Humboldt counties, where arguably most of the cannabis for the nation comes out. And of course, we don't use the word black market anymore. We use we like to use the word traditional market because we appreciate, as you said, as part of our mission is normalizing cannabis, unlocking the power of cannabis to improve people's lives. So we understand that as we're coming out of prohibition, normalizing and making this industry whole is part of that, right? We had to build the shelf that we were putting our products on. What was that triangle? Entered- what was that triangle called again? Sorry to interrupt you. The triangle. The Emerald Triangle. The Emerald Triangle. I think that's really cool for our, our listeners to know. That that's not something I've heard of before. Okay, cool. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry to interrupt. It's, it's been a name, a coined name for you know as long as I can remember, and it represents this Pacific Northwest region in California of, of Mendo, Humboldt, and Trinity. But that I should just say, with respect to uh, Washington and Oregon, it's really about that Pacific Northwest. The climate here in Humboldt, behind the Redwood Curtain, extends well into Oregon and even into Washington. And so they have a similar vibe when it comes to not so much Washington's a little far north, but definitely southern Oregon has similar farms, similar growing practice, similar cannabis culture. And I think that we were aware of the cannabis culture. So now as cannabis is experiencing this revival, we have a lot of money coming in, but we have a lot of traditional people that have been in it. And even like what, you know, the, the vice presidential candidate said, we have a lot of people still in jail, right? Like mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of like weirdness in this industry as we emerge. And so for us, we've taken on our shoulders, not just building great products, but also being good community partners to show that great business people like Adam can step into this industry, also hear the needs of the traditional market people and help bring this into the light the right way. Not throw out some of the traditions and cultures, because look, this is our second wave at, at Cannabis legalization. It started in the 70s, maybe died in the 80s and 90s, and now we're back again, right? Hopefully in a more permanent way, hopefully in a more data-driven science way around what this plant can really do. But it is, there have been a lot of people that have given up literally jail time to make this happen, to continue to advocate by every mean, any means necessary. And it's important for us to honor that. A lot of folks come in with money and they don't, and they make it seem like, oh no, this is just starting. It's not just starting. It's been around we're entering for a something while. that was in yeah. motion and we're bringing it into the light. No, that's great. Um, okay. So first of all, I want to comment. I, I love your hat. Can you, t- is there a story around your hat? And I'm going to have to screenshot it because our listeners are going to want to see it. At Grassroots, it's a California company, but I believe now is in Colorado. It's very cannabis centric. You can see they have the little yeah. top seed there, but Grassroots, California. I like their hats. Truth be told, I actually like my hair, but with COVID... I'm a little bit overgrown. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Okay, so a couple quick things to close. Uh, first of all, I think the the intelligence level that you guys are able to bring our listeners to kind of, you know, cannabis, how it ties into CBD, how you guys extract it, where you grow it, your roots, uh, your mission, your mission-driven company, you know, where it all started, I think it's just really neat. I think people really want to hear about that. So I appreciate you guys coming on and, and letting our, our customer, our mutual customers know about it. One, one thing I would say is, you know, if somebody is um, a little apprehensive or, you know, slow to try CBD or, or cannabis or CBD, but primarily CBD, what would you tell them on why they should give it a shot? Yeah, I, I'll go first, Adam. I, so first of all, I want to make sure that uh, the listeners know that our company approaches CBD the same way we do what we have to do in California and that 
we have some rigorous testing standards around compliant cannabis that are, some of them are fear-based, but we've risen to this high level. And while we're not required to do that on the national side, we do. We source these awesome flowers that are the right flowers, right? They're flowers that, yes, have less than 0.3% THC, but they're grown for their resin. They're not grown for their fiber and t-shirts. They're grown for the medicine. It's an important distinction. The feds may just want to lump it all as hemp, but there are varietals, and we want to source the right varietals. We want to do it solvently. We want to source clean ingredients so that they test. So what I would say to them is cannabis products right now, especially those coming out of California, and what we do on the national side is the cleanest thing you can put in and out on your body, bar none. We're talking about zero, not detected, pesticides, residual solvents across the board for all the ingredients tested in final form. There are not a lot of products that can say that in the, in the world. Generally regarded as safe is good, but we're even higher than that. Secondly, start with the bomb. I can't, one of our values is Pop and Barkley enjoys owning the first cannabis conversation. Why? Because we can give you this bomb that's not psychoactive, that you can use and see efficacy and understand that there is medicinal value to this plant. And now you're ready to take the next step. So the fear can be mitigated because we don't have to get into the whole psychoactivity or anything. You can just put it on your hands. And if you have a little arthritis or a little tennis elbow or you're throughout your back playing golf or whatever, you feel that efficacy. And now you're like, oh, wait, there's something here. And you can start educating and, 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 and taking the next step. There's nothing wrong with going slow and taking your time. The medicine will be there for you. Understood. That, that's great. Adam, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he did a, a great job, and certainly there's nothing to fear in a, in a topical. And then if, if it's the conversations about that threshold, one thing I would point out is that, you know, CBD has been approved by the FDA in a distillate form for, for epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And you know, we know a lot about that that product because the scientists that ran the clinical trials for the, the approval of that product is on our scientific advisory board, Warren Davinsky. Um, he's a, a brilliant neurologist. But so, so we're watching the migration into the, the mainstream. So I would say just relative to, to CBD, it's now gone through the FDA for that particular indication. Um, but the reason why CBD is, is, is exploding is because it's an amazing medicine and we're built to receive these molecules. Our philosophy is around preserving the, the structure of the plant, real plant medicine to do it. And some of, most of the other products are just a, 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 a CBD only. So there's sort of a qualitative question for them to answer if it's about our products or somebody else's to try that CBD for the first time. But I think it's, it's, there's a reason why there's the, the immense medicinal potential of, of CBD, but more broadly, the cannabis plant itself is kind of what drives us every day. And it's pretty, we feel pretty lucky to be on the precipice where the, the ridiculous illegality of this plant that has profound medicinal potential and we're right in the in, in, right in that position where it is becoming decriminalized and legalized, so it can be explored and pushed through. But but we're just at the beginning of that of that whole wave. It's so exciting! It's very exciting. At the end of every podcast, we ask every guest this question, and if you've listened to the podcast, you know what it is. But you know, I'll I'll start with you, Adam. What is your favorite song of all time? So we I believe. Personally, I believe that that music is a very emotional thing and has a certain amount of connection for people. And, and for me, it brings me back to different times in my life, depending on what song I listen to. Right. So what, what's your favorite song or artist um, of, of all time? My favorite song of all time, and it's a great question, is uh, That's the Way of the World by Earth, Wind and Fire. Oh, great song. And uh, that, that, yeah, it has some uh, beautiful sentiment in it. And uh, I think it's got real depth and beauty. 
That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Guy? <laughs> I, um, I'm an extreme music listener. I only go on the fringe. I grew up punk rock in New York City. So, well, okay, that'll make it easier. We'll just keep it simple. I, I'm just thinking about all the modern bands. But honestly, for years and years, and even till today, one of my favorite songs is by The Exploited, and it's called um, Youth of Today. So, you know, they're a British punk rock band that is, you know, probably had their last heyday in the late 80s when I was still in high school. You know, that music of that era, that song in particularly, you know, has, uh, I've always been a little bit against the grain. I served in the military. I'm, I have this weird nature of like, I know what, I don't have a problem doing the right thing. And you can be against the grain or be punk rock as it were, but still do the right thing, or at least right. understand that intersection of the right thing and rebellion. And so uh, I think that that, is the soundtrack of my life. You know, it all starts at youth, right? Yeah, that's right. And thank you for your service, by the way. Um, and then one last final question. Just looked at my notes. I cannot believe I forgot this. And Guy, we'll start with you this time. If there's one person in your life you have not given enough credit to for your success, who would that be? My wife, 100%. Like, you know, my wife, uh, it's so funny. We were, we had split up a little bit, you know, as, as things happen. And, uh, we were trying to quantify years and years of being outlaws together. And it dawned on me that it did take a toll. Like it took a toll, even though we were able to raise a family, we have two daughters and everything is great. The fact is not, you know, we paid taxes or we tried to pay taxes, but being on the outside of the law to bring cannabis to the forefront for almost two decades. Yeah. She is not me. I don't lose sleep at all. She lost sleep. And there were definitely some times where we had things happen that, bought the law closer to our doorstep. She's from Canada and not a person of color. I'm a person of color. And with cannabis, the idea that I could get swept away at any time I left the house was took years off her life. So I don't think I've ever given her enough credit for standing by me and my dream of what we're, we are living a dream now that she and I literally only dreamt of. And there were many years where it was like, why don't you just get a regular job? Why don't you just go back to the entertainment industry where we don't have to worry about these things? And I don't have to, you know, I have my own alarms and alarm would go off in your grow, but you're not expecting the police to be there. You got to get on your motorcycle and get to that grow. Hopefully it's just a water leak and not somebody <laughs> breaking in or whatnot. You're you know? passionate. Um, you're passionate. Yeah. You care. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell, you can tell it's, it's awesome. Adam, what about you? Uh, I'm, I'm still absorbing Guy's line of living at the intersection of doing the right thing and rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I call it living comfortably in the gray. <laughs> As usual, he's a tough act to follow. So the, the question is, who's, who's underappreciated? Yeah, it's, it's who in your life do you, do you not give enough credit to for your success? You know, I, I think now about my parents a lot now, actually, and, and they're gone. And, and my dad's the inspiration behind the thing. I, I wish he, he, you know, really understood that when in his last year. That's so cool. Yeah. And who's Barkley? So Barkley was my dog that I was, as I spent, you know, as I was taking care of my dad, became my dad's dog and wouldn't leave his side. And, um, you know, it, sleep in the bed with him under the cover, a 75 pound pit bull. So it was kind of the three of us who went through that experience together. And um, so, yeah, so that's why it's puffing. That's really cool. That's an awesome legacy. You're able to like kind of carry on through the company and through the brand. Yeah. So it all, it all kind of ties back together. So I, I think it's awesome guys. Uh, listeners, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Guy and Adam, 
uh, you guys will be able to, we'll see, have all your links and all that kind of stuff on uh, directcbdonline.com under resources, then podcast. Uh, you'll see the transcript, links to your website, bios to you guys. Um, I'm going to definitely put a picture of the hat on there because I think that's baller and that's awesome. So we're going to do that. And thank you guys for joining us. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening. You can keep up with episodes on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also visit directcbdonline.com where you will find all podcasts under our resources section on the main menu bar. You can use coupon code LIVEWELLBEWELL for 25% off of your first order. And remember to always live well and be well. We'll see you next time. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.